Hey, we're back. Hey, hey. We're back. Ooh, yes. We're back. We're back. We're back. Imagine that. Oh, we came man. back for a season two. What were season you thinking? Season two. Were there any doubts? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think there probably were. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we could have done without the threading emails. Yeah. <laughs> I did have Not to twist necessary. some arms. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly my own, though. To, yes. You know, Actually. Yes, yeah. Yeah. True, yeah. yeah. I think I was the biggest whiner after uh, season one. But that was a, it was a lot of episodes to go yeah. through. And, uh, you worked hard, Jerry. Worked hard. And, you know, it's it's dumb, but this, like, consumes every waking moment of my life because I can't stop tweaking things once I start going down this path. So mm-hmm. I understand sound like that. a DM. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you you get to not only listen to a, a great game with a bunch of great players, but you get to watch my descent into madness <laughs> at the same time. So how exciting is that? <laughs> <laughs> and now you get to see it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, for only in, $5 yeah. a month. For $5 a month. <laughs> you can pause and, yeah. and look at the moment where his brain breaks. Yeah, he's going to turn into the mad mage. Uh, you will catch me once in a while just staring blankly <laughs> at this camera in front of me. Uh, so, yes, we are uh, uh, going to try to record these. Um, in video and put them on YouTube as well this season, which is a new thing for us. Gives me more uh, to control, which again helps with the whole Descent into Madness thing. Um, But uh, hopefully you'll bear with us on the podcast and as we try to figure this out. Um, And uh, that's that's what season two is going to look like. Oh, we we lost our our glorious recapper voice. Um, Yeah, so... We won't have that. I guess we don't need it for this episode, but... <laughs> oh, still, that's a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer. Uh, she's just too busy and yeah. Yeah, everything uh, going on. It's it's okay. like... So we'll probably have to do something clever with recaps here. Uh, I was thinking I could, you know, get it like a bow tie and you could be... We could take turns being the dapper recapper for each episode. Oh, God. Anyone like that? Well, I'm That's not it. doing that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, someone already bowed out. But I know someone who think, might be happy to do recaps <laughs> oh, in his own special voice. Nice. Mm. I like that. Uh, so you're talking about your character, which is fantastic because he's, that's, he's the best. That's next, right? Literally the best. All right. So let's start with you. Uh, let's go around the table and everyone kind of talk about, uh, again, introduce yourselves and say who you're playing in season two. So I'm Ted, uh, and I'm going to be playing Alar Noestri, half-elven bard, late of the Ashwood, and uh, ready to take Vadragan by storm. I'm excited. Well, of, wow. course, of course you are. Yeah. We've always wondered what you look like, Ted. He hypes himself <laughs> quite well. Uh, awesome. So you are playing a half-elven bard. Yes. And anything else you want to tell us about yourself? About myself? Not well. Your character, yeah. Uh, my character? No, no. I'll no. let him speak for himself. Okay, awesome. Who's next? I am Thad on this realm. Um, in character, I am uh, Brokos Le Fortuan. I am uh, born of Badger blood, and I am a wild hunt shifter druid. Wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Excited to play a magic user. Uh, I, I tried to look up, uh, you know, sh- uh, badger shifters yeah. to see if there were any, like, good images that I could kind of yeah, put no, in my mind. No. And there weren't really any uh, great ones out there, but 
usually the shifter comes from the wild hunt comes from the animals that you were born of blood of. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically a wear badger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to see, you know, yeah. and I could, I could kind of picture it, but yeah. I, not a lot of great uh, artwork out there for me to look not at. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We're working it's on coming. that. Yeah. We're working on it. Who's next? I guess that's me going in order here. Uh, so I'm Don and I'm going to be playing a um, bugbear rogue. A so bugbear rogue. A bugbear rogue. Named? Uh, his name is Kragar. Just Kragar. So what what's special about a bugbear that I should that I should know about as a DM? Give me give me some tips so I don't get surprised. Well, you know, he's like 7 feet tall. He's going to be um, overpowered, man. He's furry. He's not super, super bulky. He's, yeah. He's kind of like a, a lighter build sort of a bugbear. Hmm. They've got, you know, they've got the, like the large sweeping ears. And um, I mean, as far as mechanically, they're, the cool thing is, um, I mean, they're stealthy despite yeah. their size. They they don't wear shoes like halflings. They just, because they've got big clawed feet. Nice. And they have a. Um, Cobbler's dream. Cumbler, yeah, saves so much money on boots. The two things they have, they get surprise attack, which their first attack, if it's a surprise attack in a, in a, a melee, they get to add an extra 2d6 sneak attack damage that stacks with rogue. There you wow. go, Chair. That first there attack. How did I let that slip by? Yeah. Welcome to 5e, where it all stacks. <laughs> it all stacks. So you're going to be the new Bjorn this uh, yeah, season? Yeah, basically. Or? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is uh, they have, um, uh, long, it's called like long limbs, so that they they don't threaten extra spaces, but they actually, they can attack with reach. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's just, it's this weird hybrid where he doesn't have ten feet of threatened space, but I'm so proud of you, Don. Just when he goes for attack, <laughs> he can really reach out, and sort of touch you. I oh, oh Jerry, Jerry, yeah, so yeah. proud of you. Well, I'll be looking forward to season three or four or <laughs> switching characters. So eventually, I'll get this right. right? Uh, but well, that sounds awesome. I, yeah, I've never yeah. played a bugbear. I'm very excited. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, I did find some, uh, you know, you sent me some uh, bugbear images and, uh, yeah, much more ferocious and scary looking. And I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, And last but definitely not least. Uh, I'm Rochelle and I'm going to be playing a tiefling fighter named Tristeza. Nice. Tiefling fighter. So you're scary too. No, not at all. Not at all? Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, she's got horns, and she's just mysterious. Or a big sword. I mean, this is this is kind of a motley motley group. This right? is Badrigan, though. I mean, it's right. not right. It's a tough city. It is a tough city, and you're just on fire today, Alar, uh, leading me right into these great segues. Is that something that your character is bringing to this party? Is I am multi talented, absolutely nice. Uh, so yeah, we are in Badrigan. Just a reminder. Season two, Vadrigan, this vile, corrupt city um, that's kind of built around the slave trade, one of the only places on this continent that, you know, slavery is not only allowed, but like embraced and, you know, held up 
uh, as uh, like a virtue or something. It's it's a terrible, terrible place. You guys ran into some assassins that were from Badrigan. They actually ranked their assassins. Never, never met the number one though. Never met the number one. Yeah, mm. I wonder wonder if that will come up. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, <laughs> so. We, uh, we're in Vadragan with this motley group of players who just happen to blend in because it is a place that, um, where lots and lots of different races have been brought together in this, uh, uh, kind of island, uh, that's walled off from the rest of the world. And, uh, here you are in Vadragan. So I'm excited about season two. Anyone else excited about Very season two? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think everybody... Who's watching this from what we've gotten feedback so far is very excited. I hope so. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping season two is excited about me. <laughs> I love the new attitude. It's just going to take me a long time to get used to it after Alaron. Yeah. Right? It's well, just going to, I don't know who Alaron is, but um, change it up you've heard bit. his name. Heard the name. Yeah. yeah. Which he doesn't like. No, that's not good. <laughs> Um, so just a reminder, we want to, you know, encourage you all, uh, thank you, uh, and thank you for your support thus far, uh, yeah. the, the yes. comments and, you know, all of you looking forward to season two, uh, it's been awesome. I mean, it really kept us going with this idea that we could continue to play this game, have some fun doing it and possibly provide some entertainment for all of you listening and now watching. So it's a very cool thing. And some of you have even chosen to support us on Patreon, which is awesome. And if you want to help keep us going, we have some costs that we have to cover, like hosting and, you know, for the website and for the podcast itself. And we have a few other things like we, you know, do all this artwork and stuff for the characters. And so it does take time and effort and money to put all this together. So if you want to help us uh, keep this show going... Um, then you can go to DungeonPatrol.com uh, and click the Patreon button, or you can go to Patreon.com slash Dungeon Patrol and sign up. Give us a buck or five. That would be awesome. I mean, there are higher tiers, but no one has broken the higher tier yet. So oh, you want to be the, the first. Down. Yeah. Who's, who's got money? Who's got way too much money? Uh, go there. <laughs> Bill Gates, if you're watching yeah. and you're enjoying the show. Yeah, give us give us some money. I mean, a billion dollars would go a long way. Right? We could quit our jobs. And just, yeah, we, just we would just do this all the time. All day. I would yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's a I would le- do that. totally legitimate way to... Absolutely. Yeah. We could get some really nice big gaming chairs, so, you know. Oh, yeah. We'd have to be comfortable. The chairs that I have here, you know, it's it's a little bit like torture. on your toes. Yep. So at the end of our episode, we're we're anxious to get out and, you know, stretch our backs and move around. This is the dungeon that we patrol. (laughs) (laughs) We are suffering for you. So please give us a few bucks. Blink twice if you need help. (laughs) (laughs) They're not allowed to leave. Uh, So... Are you guys ready to get started? I, yes. Uh, yes. Let's go. Please. Awesome. So uh, what we're going to do is you guys are going to suddenly be in Vadrigan. And I know a little bit about your backstories. Uh, some of you, uh, we have a, a surplus of orphans again. But again, Vadrigan is the sort of place where that that is totally normal. And, uh, and so you're not going to stand out a whole lot 
because of those backgrounds. Um, so I'm going to start with Triss, our tiefling fighter. After your sudden discharge from the Legion, you returned home to Vadragan to search for work with a head full of strange, confusing memories that you can't seem to make sense of. Your excellent service record quickly landed you a spot with one of the largest private security firms in Drummondor, Peck and Wimby. You're told to speak with your handler, a narrow-faced half-elven woman named Rua Silverwind, who you met once before during your interview. Rua stands in the cold rain outside of the Peck and Wimby Company Tavern, a squat, unadorned building on the western side of the island. She spots you and beckons to you impatiently. She holds in her hand your first contract. She tells you that a man named Remus Nova is getting married, and he wants extra security to reassure his guests. Rua hands you the papers, taking care to keep them out of the rain. She looks you in the eye and flatly states that directions to Nova's estate, along with the terms of your contract, are in the paperwork. You'll be paid 100 gold upon satisfactory completion of the contract. As always, Peck and Wimby takes 25%, and supplies can be purchased on credit at the company store if you need them. So, you should report to Hells Felton at the Nova Mansion before midday tomorrow. And she looks at you and asks, do you have any questions? Uh, is the, is the, oh wait, I got the wrong voice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting started again. Don't worry about Ooh, it. Um, <clears throat> what was the name of the the contact? Hells Felton. Hells Felton. What sort of supplies might I need other than my sword and armor? Um, you know, to be honest... Uh, you're probably covered, but if you needed potions or things like that, feel free to pick them up. The prices are not too reasonable, but you get to buy them on credit. Ah, uh, I see. Company store. <laughs> Company store. They're going to gouge you. I'm surprised they don't pay you in script. Uh, I actually had that in there before. <laughs> it's handed company script. Thank you. Any questions about the job? Well, will, will Hells Felton be giving me more information? Hells is Remus's major domo, I guess. I, I don't know much about the man other than I had to uh, arrange this job with him. I understand that Remus is working on his fifth marriage. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's your typical rich pit lord. He's marrying some poor girl less than half his age, as usual. Um, I don't know much about him other than that. I, I hear rumors that he's very strict with his slaves. Uh, he still brands them with a white hot iron, if that tells you anything, and chains them at night, just like a pit lord. And so this is a basic security for the wedding party? Yeah, it's actually at the feast, I believe. And Hell's made it seem like you were just there to look intimidating. Uh, that's why you were selected. 
Will I be the only security there? No, there are several others that will be joining you. From Peck and Wimby? Peck and Wimby, and I understand a few others. Interesting. Any other information? Um, not that I can think of. I think you should talk to Hells Felton. He may be able to give you some answers if you have more questions. Right now, just take your papers and do a good job. I will endeavor to do my best. She shakes your hand and walks off into the rain. Now, Krager. Kragar? Kragar. Kragar. You arrive at the Night Rover Guildhouse in Old Town. It's your first time visiting since you become since you became a full member of the guild. And the guild HQ is in an old public bathhouse, and the warm, damp air clings to your exposed skin as you enter the building. You climb the stairs to the rooftop gardens, sparing brief nods to those you pass by. You approach the large slab of smooth, dark stone that partially shields one side of the garden, and there, in large, 12-inch tall, handwritten letters, is her name. Number 10 on the list. Strange, considering she only listed a week ago. Someone wants her very badly. Suddenly, the chalker, the elderly night rover who takes the names and ranks them each week, is standing next to you. And he echoes your thoughts by saying, Odd, isn't it? I can't recall a time where someone makes the list one week and is chalked the next. But it happened. I've been watching people like you come and go all day, staring at that name. Then he looks around, sort of conspiratorially, um, checking to see if anyone else is in listening distance. And he leans into you a little bit. And he says... None of them know what I know, son, and I can tell you for half her bounty. That's a high price to pay. It is, but I'm sorry to say I I would like to retire and get out of the city if I could. It doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. So if you want the information, I'm happy to give it to you, but again... I need half the bounty, which is considerable, since she is number 10 on the list. Uh, Agreed. Good, good. Thank you. I think you've made the right choice. Now, I still have connections in this city. A friend who deals in private security met with someone who matched her description. I mean, how many tiefling women are in this town, anyway? I asked around, and it sounds like she got picked up by Peck and Wimby. She'll be working a job tomorrow. The home of Remus Nova. Yes, that Remus Nova. I hope it works out for both our sakes. Who else knows about this? Just you and I and my friend. Who's your friend? He works in uh, private security at another firm. Not Peck and Wimby, but I guess she uh, had applied around. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, any questions? 
No. I, I want to help you in any way I can. I need this money more than you know. I can find the place. You said tomorrow? Tomorrow? That's the way I understood it. Uh, you'll have to make arrangements with his major domo to make sure you get on the guest list. Any chance we can get in as security? That's possible. Maybe the guest list would not suit you so well. <laughs> It'd be a stretch. <laughs> it would be. And he looks up at you up and down like he's seen you for the first time and he kind of backs away a little bit. Uh, oh, he's like, right, yeah. You're a bugbear. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, you should pose as uh, one of the security personnel that he's hired. That, that does make more sense now that you say it. I'll see what I can do. Great, great. Again, good luck to you. He narrows his eyes. They're just solid yellow orbs. <laughs> okay. Uh, very intimidating, I'm sure. Um, Alar, on to you. In the flesh. <laughs> You're counting the money from your hat. 14 silver and a handful of copper coins trickle through your hand. Your helper's eyes widen, obviously pleased with the haul, which will barely pay your keep for the week. You sigh and hand the hat back to your overeager assistant. You're about to send the excited fool away when a knock at the door disturbs you. You slap the hat from your helper's hands and motion him to the door. <laughs> you sit upright and then slump back down to assume a pose that's half boredom, half impatience. You One last sharp glare and a quick nod at your helper, and he swings the door open wide, and a trim, proper-looking man stands there. Your helper begins to offer a flourish and introductions, but the man curtly says, Are you Ala the Bard? I've been all over town looking for someone who can play at my master's wedding feast tomorrow night. I don't have any time to waste, so I'm prepared to pay you 100 gold. 50 now and 50 after the event. Do you accept these terms? Indeed, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was fast. Uh, good. Many powerful men and women will be in attendance. Fate smiles on you, Bard, for you have the honor of playing for the one and only Remus Nova. Details are on this scroll. Don't be late. And he throws you a little bag full of gold that jingles in your hand as you catch it. Any questions for me? You've chosen well. <laughs> Is there any particular style of music his lordship prefers? Whatever the rabble that shows up there prefers is fine with me. Lordship doesn't like music. He doesn't like poetry. So just play whatever seems to entertain them and make them happy. That's all you're there for. <laughs> well, I am honored, as are you. Thank you. <laughs> They'll be too drunk to notice anyway. You see, Brokos? We're getting the appreciation <laughs> I knew we would get. If you say so. <laughs> uh, okay. So any questions for Hells Felton? I'll, I'll ask the specifics of where and uh, when and all that, but okay, nothing more than that. Uh, so he tells you it's all on the scroll, and you should look at the scroll, but you're maybe busy jingling the coins in the in the little bag. Um, and uh, he starts to back away. Okay. 
And now, uh, Brokos. Your partner looks stunned by the sudden turn of fortune. His feigned boredom evaporates the second the door closes. He gently shakes the bag of coins over and over again and join the faint jingling noise. You unroll the scroll and force it to lay flat on the hard bench that serves as your bed. On it, <laughs> on it you cool. read the specifics of the contract. The bard must provide his or her own accompanists, attendants, heralds, poets, jugglers, etc., etc., his own discretion and expense. However, at least one accompanist should be present during poetry or other narrative recitations. You quickly look at your partner and blurt out, you need an accompanist. Your partner disagrees vehemently, but finally relents by saying, look, Brokos, I will pay you one gold to attend me, carry my instruments and supplies and that sort of thing. A bard of my remarkable talent needs no accompanist. Do we have a deal, friend? I heard him say a hundred gold. <laughs> if I play well, can I get two? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, oh, man. Work on your self-esteem here. You guys can negotiate if you want. Feel free. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're writing me as uh, perhaps worse than I am, Jared. Uh, this, is, this is the vibe you gave me. Okay. okay. And 50-50. <laughs> well, there's operating expenses. Of course, we need to put some money aside for uh, future costs. Well, what do we play? Should we play our set from the High Cobble Festival? Indeed, but I've been working on that new epic that I think uh, would be well-received. I have not heard this before. Oh, you can improvise on your, on your drums. Yes. What kind of drums do you? My play? mom said I was quite the percussionist. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, I have mostly a bongo size, but I can also play anything that has a, a stick in a board will help too. I mean, <laughs> just bring your bongos, Brokos. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Brokos on the bongos. Brokos on the bongos. These bongos were made from the eternal tree. So what should we bill ourselves as? Perhaps Alar and the Badger. Do you like that? One gold, huh? <laughs> I'm sure we can find some more gold for you, and uh, perhaps we'll be tipped. This is going to be a, a wedding after all. I appreciate that, but I mean, surely I can't show up like this. Fine. Here, take five gold and go outfit yourself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, that, should, that should be enough for good clothes, right? right yeah. hundred yeah. gold's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you guys do your things. You are getting outfitted. Uh, you're tracking down the Major Domo, uh, Kragar, and uh, Triss. I, are, I do want to check out the company the store. store and just see how badly they're going to gouge me on these potions. Um, your initial impression is that it's about, you know, uh, 50% more than what you would normally pay. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty high. Yeah, that is pretty high. I mean, if you were desperate and needed something, um, but we're we're assuming you guys have your, you know, your basic weaponry and armor and things like that to, to start with. 
Um, so your call, if you wanted to pick up some other things like uh, healing potions or anything like that. Hmm. So, so how much just for a single healing potion? Um, good question. Um, let's see. Healing potion. 50, aren't they? They're usually 50 gold pieces. Oh, well, then I can't afford really? that. Yeah. Then never mind. But you can get it on credit. Yeah, but I only get, I'm only going to walk away from this, this event with 75 gold. So that's my entire. But it'd be a healing potion. You can. (laughs) What if someone was trying to kill you? Well, I don't know that, do I? Might come in handy. No. Okay. So you're passing on the company store. If it's 75 gold, then yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. Well, that Um, makes me sad. Anything else? I think we should get uh, some nice new cloaks and doublets. Mm, very nice. Look the part. Matching, hopefully. I would think you would wow. have more ornate costume. Mm-hmm. Coordinating. Yes. Coordinating. Coordinating. There, you Coordinating. Yes, there you go. That's the way to do it. All right. Uh, so he can pick up on the, the colors of my doublet <laughs> and the hem of his otherwise nondescript cloak. We don't want you to stand out too much, Brokos. Uh <laughs> we don't want to I forget agree. who the star is here, right? Okay, so the next day comes, and you guys uh, all happen to make your way to Remus Nova's mansion in Horncliff, uh, which is kind of the wealthy section of town, sort of built into some hills uh, overlooking the um, the port um, uh, across the bay, and. Uh, so you and the guests arrive in the lavishly decorated grand hall. Flowers adorn every surface, rising and falling in great colorful waves. Lilies mostly, a personal favorite of Remus. The guests filter into the cavernous space and are assaulted by the sights and smells. Tables and chairs for 400 were reduced 300 and then 200. Larger tables and chairs were brought in to fill the space. But when the young puffy-eyed bride, she's allergic to flowers, by the way, and her excessively powdered old groom finally arrive, maybe half of the ballroom seats are actually filled. The baron himself was on the guest list, and he assured Remus that nothing could keep him away. But his table is also empty. Dozens of slaves, each wearing iron collars, tastefully covered with silk scarves, stand nervously perhaps awaiting their master's displeasure at the poor turnout. But Remus composes himself and rises from the head table, smiling broadly around the room. He has to talk loudly since most of those in attendance were assigned seats toward the back of the room. He gives a short toast, thanking them for their bravery, mocking those that didn't show up. He then gives the command for his slaves to begin serving the food. A broad-shouldered young man gingerly begins slicing a roast pig for the head table. He stabs a thick slab of meat with a shaking hand and drops it awkwardly onto Remus's platter. Remus looks up at the slave, his eyes scrunched up under furrowed brows, and the rage and fury of the evening's many slights boils over into a torrent of abusive curses and threats. Instead of shrinking away, however... The man suddenly stands taller, like the verbal lashing has given him newfound strength. 
the man tightens his grip on the fork and in one fluid motion plunges it deep into Remus's neck. Blood sprays wildly from his punctured artery, coating his pale, sniffling bride in her pristine white dress with a thick, uneven layer of red gore. A solitary scream punctuates the lurid scene just before all hell breaks loose. More slaves pour into the room and quickly bar the doors. They begin hacking, strangling, and bashing the guards. You see Hell's Felton go down after a blow from a thick wooden club, and the vicious mob takes its way, makes its way toward the stunned guests. Now you have some decisions to make. Triss, starting with you again, you're watching the angry tirade at the head table, but you're also vaguely aware of a bugbear staring at you from across the room. Sudden movement catches your eye, and before you can blink, your employer has a fork sticking out of his neck. Thick streams of crimson blood spray all over his young bride, eliciting one piercing scream. What do you do? So how far away am I from from the head table? Uh, you're probably about 30 feet. Can I... Um, well, I will run that distance and grab the bride. Okay. Uh... Kragar, you see your quarry standing attentively along the eastern wall. She has changed considerably, but you'd still recognize her anywhere. You start rehearsing how to approach her when a sudden scream shatters your concentration. When you look back to the spot on the wall, she's no longer there. You spy her making her way through the maze of tables toward the head table, but chaos springs up around you. What do you do? (sighs) So I've got my cloak kind of pulled about me. I mean, obviously it doesn't fully conceal me for you know what I am, but I mean, <laughs> unless you really look. Yeah. I would say I probably draw my rapier and run for the head table. Okay. Uh, Alar, you're in the back, calmly tightening up your loot strings during the toast. Brokos is suddenly standing in front of you, probably preparing to beg once again to play percussion. His abrupt appearance causes you to over-tighten the string, and it breaks with a dull twang. Oh, no. You give Brokos a reproachful glare, and he stands there dully unmoving. You order him to quickly fetch a new string, but a sudden scream draws your attention to the front of the room, and you see the same horrific scene. What do you do? But I didn't even get to play. <laughs> Hope I still get paid. <laughs> oh, at least we got the 50. I was going to say, yeah. at least he got half. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got credit at the company store. Um, anything special? Uh, so the doors are closed. The doors are closed. Um, We're in the back. You're in the way back. Uh, but the doors are more towards the other end. Are there doors out on this side? Uh, there are not doors on this side. Um, so you have a little bit of benefit in that no one seems, you know, there are, there are fewer guests, um, way at the back. And so, uh, you haven't been targeted yet. Um, but targeted. Brokos, I don't think we want to be associated with this. No, I think we best leave. I agree. (laughs) Okay. Let's look for an exit. Okay. So, Brokos. Yes. You approach Alar, 
who seems really anxious for such an allegedly gifted and seasoned performer. Anxious. <laughs> and think you should probably offer to back him up with percussion. He gives the peg that he is nervously twisting one too many turns, and the string snaps with a dull twang. Oh. He stares stupidly at the broken string, and you immediately spin on your heels to fetch a new one. A scream stops you short, and you spy an intensely gruesome scene at the other side of the enormous hall. What do you do? I think it's best that we leave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you guys are going to try to make your way towards an exit. This is makes me very uncomfortable. Without being I like seen. how you anticipate me well, Brokos. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you guys... I do let guys... him give a compliment on how he looks <laughs> to each... before this all happens. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys to I just roll bought a 20. This, gown, this cloak. I don't want to get blood on it. <laughs> You're just sliding along I the like back that. wall there. I like that roll. This is the first set of new clothes I've had in 20 So we're rolling... Rolling 20s. Rolling 20s. Are we, are we adding something to this 20? Uh, no. Okay. What? <laughs> it's just for show. Just a straight roll. <laughs> it's just a straight just roll. Just to roll just... something. Just a luck. I need to work Total on this luck first roll. roll of the season. It's not, it's not here yet. Just, uh, just a straight roll. Oh. Yeah. That, that voice is getting better. Um, I have to work on it. <laughs> still waiting to hear what uh, what Craigar sounds like. but uh, We've heard him. A little bit. A little bit. He's, he had some good ones that he was warming up to. but. Um, <laughs> so, Tris, what did you get? A 19. Wow. 19, nice. Mm. Okay, Kragar? Eight. Eight? Brokos? Ten. Ten? Aylar? Eleven. Eleven, okay. So, um, the steady press of the desperate slaves has corralled all of you against one wall. You now have more allies to cover your flank, but you don't really know all these people, and trust is hard to earn in the middle of a life-and-death fight. Uh, anything else you want to do? You're sort of backed against a wall, so surrounded the, by a mob. Does she have the bride with her? Um, she managed to get uh, grab the bride, and we'll say since she rolled so well, she managed to get her out of there, Who and she's non-combatant, obviously, and very stunned and shocked. Um, but you do have her. Yay. I'm going to look at who I think my friend is. Um and say, if you don't mind, sir, and I'm going to touch his elbow and cast guidance on him. All right. Just just in case. Okay. Perfect. Uh, let's... Uh, it's a D4. If you're anyone else doing anything? Uh, Thank you. I'm looking for the exit. Okay. So you're trying to back away towards the exit. Let's roll again. I mean, I'm going to try to talk to her. <laughs> okay. All right. Tris. I got the 14. Nice. You're rolling pretty well. Kragar. Five. <laughs> Not so well. Doing uh, worse. Brokos. I'll see your five and get you a three. Oh. oh. <laughs> Alar. 13. 13. Not too bad. Improving all the time. Okay. Practice, uh, practice, practice. Fortunately, not good enough. Okay. Um, you battle ferociously, what? but oh more and more slaves turn to you as other attendees and bodyguards fall. You eventually begin to tire, sucking in deep, ragged breaths that seem to have no effect. Exhausted mentally and physically, you examine the ring of fierce slaves, desperation and hope etched into their equally tired faces. 
one final charge and you fall beneath a withering hail of fists and clubs. All of us? Yep. And that's the end of the season. That was easy. On to season three. Yet? This is another drowning, Jerry. Are you it's not, not supposed, another you're drowning. You're not supposed to start with that. Uh, I can't believe these guys brought me down already. <laughs> so we'll let you know when season three starts. <laughs> Thank you, no. everybody. It's just a narrative piece to get uh-huh. you going. Uh-huh. You know, there. I rolled a 19, so if anyone's curious, uh, I was kind of rolling against you. Um, Do they have any railroads in Vadragan? <laughs> 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 Uh, I just I just love all the comments after I really screw you guys over but (laughs) you wake only to realize that you're imprisoned in the slave quarters below the mansion sturdy chains and stout locks prevent you from escaping as do the guards stationed outside your door most of them are quite cruel but one named Rufus occasionally throws scraps of food uh, into your cell uh, he also brings you fresh water and empties the other bucket that uh, uh, you use to relieve yourself almost every day. Uh, sometimes he even gets the buckets correct. How long have we been here? Uh, it's, it's been a while. Um, Rufus likes to talk, and you learn that the city continues to suffer. After the uprising, people traveled freely between neighborhoods looking for lost friends or relatives, but now different factions have sprung up, each claiming part of the city as their own. Uh, Travel in many parts of Vadragan has been curtailed, and several factions appear on the brink of open hostility. Meanwhile, the Baron's troops bombard strategic parts of the city, contributing to the dwindling supplies of both food and hope. The slaves of Vadrigan are as free as they ever were, and they are now and they now face eventual starvation. Rufus is really dissatisfied with the leadership at the mansion, and um, he reports that you know a lot of people have already left, and he's looking for some better prospects elsewhere, or maybe away off the island completely. Uh, he talks often about you know leaving and never returning, and one day. That actually happens. And more time passes. And you start off with a room full of other prisoners, people from the uh, wedding feast. And one by one, they drag people out, mostly well-to-do merchants, um, minor nobles. And they're never seen again. You all are left there uh, until finally... um, after days and days and days of imprisonment, um, you uh, are left with just one fellow prisoner. And you find out this man's name is Gimble Turncole. And he's, you know, past middle age, um, a merchant. Um, but he has one talent that is extremely useful in this situation, and that he is able to create good berries which he shares with you and this sustains you after Rufus leaves for the weeks and weeks of your imprisonment okay so that's where you're at uh anybody want to try to do anything season two the darkening wow like, <laughs> it so gets, who, who it gets much darker who's imprisoned us and where are we imprisoned us? the slaves uh, the slaves yeah yeah 
Uh, so there was a massive slave revolt throughout the city that seemed to be coordinated. Um, Remus Nova, uh, being the arrogant sort of upstart, um, you know, pit lord that he was, um, he uh, was one of the few that decided to stay. He had planned this wedding. He wanted to stay for it. He thought people were foolish for leaving the city, leaving it to, you know, be unguarded, leaving it to slaves and un unsavory types. So he was one of the few that stuck around. And uh, it turns out that was a really bad decision because this was um, obviously uh, a coordinated event that occurred throughout the city. And your um, captors are basically the slaves that used to work for Remus and maybe a few others that have drifted in and, you know, people are coming and going and trying to find lost loved ones and friends and things like that. So, um, but there are guards. You have seen them and they have been not too kind. Um, and Gimbal seems to be the only one besides the four of you that has lasted in this dank basement cell for this long. You don't know what happened to the other people that were here with you that they would drag out. They just kind of would drag them out and they're gone. Okay. Well, I'll spend my days composing songs about the uprising. Nice. Having been a first-hand witness. Good sonnet. Little air loot. A little air loot, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, anybody else? I mean, so I'll try to actually, you know, it sounds like Rufus is already gone, but, you know, I'll be trying to win favor with the guards, uh, you know, sort of casting their struggles in a positive heroic light in the songs that I write. But obviously that doesn't seem to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, why don't you roll like uh, persuasion? Okay. Sure. And I rolled a two. All right. That's a seven. Um, so the guards that are outside your door, uh, they seem to be playing cards. You try to catch their attention, you know, and, and, you know, promise to, you know, make them famous through, you know, song and, um, struggle of the, yeah. of the people, the breaking uh, of the chains. One of them comes over and he kind of laughs at you and, and he unlocks the first gate. He comes in and then he, uh, tries to urinate in your general direction. Oh. So, um, not, not impressed, uh, by your promises. And he's, you know, he's definitely kind of the ringleader of the, of the jerks. Um, and, uh, you know, well, I respect all reviews, but <laughs> that's maybe not one you, uh, wanted to see. Um, so, uh, after some time, it's, it's that guard who was out there. Um, that night and suddenly you hear this loud crash and you manage you know with your chains everyone's straining at their chains trying to see what happened through this you know the cell doors and uh you're so actually in chains in the yep in a in, in a room okay. um 
So you look out your, your uh, try to lean over and stretch as much as you can to see out into the other room. And uh, you see uh, the remains of that guard. Um, a gigantic boulder has crashed through the wall of the mansion and basically landed right on top of them. Mm. Sort of wicked witch of the whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's been crushed. And you're like thinking, hey, that's that's awesome. You know, got what's coming to him. And um, maybe you can find a way out. Is there any rats or rodents in here running around? <laughs> Funny you should say that. Shortly afterwards, you hear squeaking of rodents outside of the cell door. Like maybe they've come streaming in through the hole that was made by this boulder. And I'm (laughs) I'm gonna ask you now to roll some initiative. They're tasty. Uh that's what they're saying about us. And you guys can pull up your map. And it's down in the lower right corner of your map. You should see where all the action is. We got a new feature on here. What's that? You can just go like this. Yeah, that's. And you can just go like that. So a scale. Scale quarter. Oh, nice. Yep. Oh, you might need to refresh that. It looks like you've uh, um, maybe got the old map up there. Um, let's see. Nope. No luck? No luck. Just black. Yeah, let me see if I can fix that. And... Uh, Aha! uh Technology for the win. Uh We're really going to fight rats in our first episode, Jerry. (laughs) It's the biggest D&D cliche. (laughs) Ever. <laughs> I know. You know I'm all about cliches, <laughs> right? I mean, you have to have to know that about me. Um, so yes, you do hear some squeaking and, and your friend Gimbal, he is he's like he's up against he's got his back to the wall next to the door and he can't see what's going on and he's like, What what is it? What what's going on? What what's going on out there? Don't what happened? Kill Gimbal, I'm really attached to him, Jerry. <laughs> The deep characterization. You, you need to channel yeah. some Elrond here. <laughs> kind of let go of all those attachments. Um, so he looks really panicked and scared because he can he can hear the noise too. And um, some of them, I'd say, you know, a good portion of the rats start gnawing away at the corpse of uh, of your guard out here. So you got that going for you. But eventually, a few of the smaller ones make their way in. And they start attacking your friend there. See? Your source of good berries, right? Ugh. He doesn't deserve this, Jerry. (laughs) So, um, ALR, the rat in front of you right now on the map, Uh um, your chains will probably stretch if you guys coordinate together um, because they're all kind of looped together and through rungs on the wall. So, so we if, all have one chain? Uh, basically, yeah. So Kragar can 
It's how we can share the bucket. Oh, <laughs> wow. Exactly. I had to put some serious thought into how you would all share the bucket. Uh, you see, you're seeing us at our best. Okay, well. <laughs> you really are. Yeah, we really do. Descent into madness. Now you know wow. how I spent my evening last night. I'm very heartbroken that my brand new cloth and my threads are dirtied now and I probably just oh, they're not just dirty it's the nicest outfit I've ever had <laughs> it is it's been so, soiled yeah it's so gross now so you gross. can't even it's disgusting yeah you don't want to you don't even want to clean up after yourself I normally don't it. have nice things <laughs> well I lost my first real job so you know. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get that extra gold so <laughs> What do you want to do? Krager would have to give you some slack in the chain so you could reach that rat before it consumes your friend. Reach reach that rat and, and do what? Uh, kick it. Punch it. <sighs> do we have initiative or what? Oh, yeah. We, got, <laughs> we have to do yeah. initiative. Uh, that's always good. And let's see. I'm so not used to these new... Uh, new that I or tokens that I created for you guys. So hope that's fine. And there you go. Um, Alar, what did you get? I got a 13. Not bad. Craigar. Nine. Triss. I wasted a 20. Let's see, wasted. Oh, yeah. Brokos. Seventeen. Bonus, so. Oh yeah, and I so I got a twenty-two with my, yeah. Sorry. Wow. And uh, there we go. Um, Tris, you are obviously first. But there's clearly no way I can reach the rat. No, um, no way you can reach the rat, but. The bucket is closest to you. Oh my god! So you could maybe use it as a improvised weapon. Yeah. Please don't. I'm over here. <laughs> don't miss. I'm actually going to uh, cast thaumaturgy. There you oh, go. Nice. And create a. It says, uh, I can create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice, such as a rumble of thumber, thunder, the cry of, I mean, you know, so I've got some choices there. So I'm going to try and make a sound that will startle the rats away from our friend. Okay. Um, why don't you just roll me a straight 20 for that? Oh, that's a 10. Oh. Told you I wasted my 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I roll the 20. So, uh, so they look, you know, and turn and look at you and pause what they're doing. So you maybe bought um, Gimbal uh, a few moments, um, but uh, they go right back to nibbling at him. And um, he's now screaming and help me, help me. <laughs> Don't just look at me, Bard, help. Just kidding. Uh <laughs> Uh, Brokos, you're next. Um, I would like to use a free action to get their attention. You know, okay. um, starts 
moving quite precisely, and then hold my turn until they come near where I can touch them or they touch me. All right. Uh, why don't you roll for me? Okay. What am I rolling? Just whatever. 20. Just a straight 20. 12. 12. Okay. So I'll say this one starts to move over in your direction. And you manage to lure it over to you by looking like a tasty snack. Okay. When it gets to me, so can I hold my turn? Are they? Is that considered held? Sure. Um, I will cast Beast Bond. Beast Bond. Yes, and it is a two intelligence, so it, it automatically fails its cast. Mm-hmm. So until the spell ends, ten minutes, the link is active when the beasts are within sight of each other. Through the link, the beast can understand my telepathic message to it, and I can communicate simple emotions and concepts back to you. When the link is active, the beast gains advantage on. Oh, okay, so basically, I'm going to try to calm it and uh, befriend it. You know, let us know that we we are not. Uh, morsels okay so we'll say that one is uh being um lulled by your spell right now and is out of the fight it's not going to attack you or anything um and it is their turn so that one's just like ooh, totally enchanted with whatever you did to it um the one down here is going to and it can also tell actually give me Emotions and concepts back to me as well. Okay. So you kind of know they're... Yeah, I just want to say do not fear. Okay. Uh, they're really hungry. You get that sense. As am I. Okay. Um, this one's going to come up and try to attack you, Alar. Hey there, little buddy. You got a 17? Uh, I'm assuming I have no armor on. Right. Yeah, so that's going to hit me. Okay. So... It- nibbles at you for three points of damage which you take very gracefully um, and this one is going to attack our friend I'm rolling hot and it feels like a waste too um, gimbal and that is going to be a hit and Alar your turn okay well now you've damaged me. Now I'm, now I'm annoyed. Uh, I'm going to cast id insinuation on the creature that just bit me. Okay. And get it into its mind, fill it with a torrent of conflicting desires, uh, impairing its ability to make decisions. Oh. So it gets to uh, make a wisdom save. Okay. And they don't probably aren't too wise, right? You tell me. Uh, it's probably a failure since it's a seven. Okay, it fails. Okay. And so and it now will take it's... damage on the end of its next turn. Oh, it will. Mm-hmm. Nice. And Kragar, what do you got? So can I yank on the chain to move forward 10 feet? Um, can we move? Do of... we have any? Yes. So basically, if you guys all went up to the wall where you're at... Um, you know, someone could have 10 feet of leeway. Okay. So where, where you said, so I don't see a pawn for where Gimbal is. Um, he is this figure here. He's just part of the, part of the map. 
Okay. Well, I would basically want to pull on the chain so I can move 10 feet towards Alar. So okay. down one over two. Uh-oh. Whoa. Ah. What happened? Chaos. There we go. We're grabbing my character. We're grabbing that icon, and it's moving the whole map. Like. Oh, well, that's go. convenient. Perfect. So, I mean, can I move that far? Uh, like, like that. Well, I would, I would want to go down one. Yeah. Care. You can get there. 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 Yeah. Yep. Okay, so basically I want to just lunge forward and then reach out and slash with my claws at the one in front of Alar. Sounds good. You got that weird reach thing going yeah. on. And mm. off to a fantastic start. Uh, that'll be an 11. An 11. And what does that do? That uh, does not do the trick. Ugh. Oh wait, on this one I'll I'll give that to you since it's currently confused and whatever. Well, in fairness, I was tracking. It doesn't say that it affects uh AC incapacitated, it just means it can't do anything. It can't do reactions either, but Okay. It doesn't affect AC or anything else. Um Yeah. Seems weird. Um Yeah, I'll still give it to you. Okay, so well, that would be four damage. Four damage. Um, all right. And it looks like unarmed strikes can't be used as bonus attack, bonus action. Yes, right. Yeah. Back to you, Triss. That's too bad. So your slack is all taken up by Kragar pulling on the chain, um, but you still have the bucket. I can still reach the bucket? Uh, it was... You know, you were the one using it last, so. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So She hoards it. Uh, All right. So, fine. I will grab the bucket. Okay. And I will throw the bucket at the rat still <laughs> cool. gnawing on. What's his name? Gimbal. 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 All right. Throw it. <sighs> oh, gosh. That's a six. Okay. So the bucket goes flying and splashes against the wall and uh, gets gets the rat a little wet, but that's that's about it. Um, no, I don't those. even have a... I would like to convince my new friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew where you are going with that. Yeah. I pulled it back. <sighs> I would like to convince my new friend that his... Rats are also food, and that he should go ah. kill the rats and eat them. Okay. So you work on your rat, mm -hmm. and you plant that thought in its head, which is not too far from a rat's thoughts anyway. And it does wander back on its turn and tries to attack. Uh, let's see. It will attack. It's an advantage on attacks, too. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm. Nice. So it's going to attack the one on uh, Alar. You give it advantage on attacks? Yep. Wow. That'd be fun. That's crazy. Uh, so that is a failure, and that is a hit, and that's going to be three damage on yours, which 
brings it down. And it's still not dropped? No, it dropped. Okay. So uh, the one in front of you, Alar, has dropped because the other rat came up behind and bit it. This one is still going to attack Clearly Kimble. my spell did it. <laughs> and um, that uh, is a miss. So he misses Gimbal. Um, and now it is, Alar, your turn. Uh, I am going to do cast Mind Sliver on the other rat, not the one that just attacked my rat. Okay. I guess I don't know, actually. So I probably would do uh, the Beast Bond rat. Okay. Beast Bond rat. I don't know if Brokros has ever really talked to me about your talents or if I listened. Um, you can do what I do and just roll a roll a d4. And okay. I'll do that. Let fate decide. Nope. It's Beast Bond rat. Okay. Um, so this is an intelligence save. All right. So oh, that's... they have intelligence of minus four. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I drive a spike of psychic energy into its tiny little brain. All right. And do two points of damage. Two points of damage. All right. So it... Taylor. Could I feel that if I'm telepathically linked with it? Sorry, man. Ooh. Oh, Ouchie. maybe. <laughs> Ouchie. You're going to have a headache. Uh, so... Yeah, it uh, it starts squeaking crazily, and you can tell that you're you did some damage to it. And Kragar, what are you gonna do? The one you were attacking is now dead. You're kind of at the end of your chain, so to speak. So I should still be able to reach the the mm-hmm. other one though. Mm-hmm. So I'll not use that die. Use a different die. I'll try to slash it. Apparently with this beast bond one, but I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, that'll be a 16 to hit. That is a hit. And it'll be four damage. Wow. Okay. So you do some serious damage to the rat, and it looks like it is just barely hanging on to life. Um, and uh, looks really confused. Keeps looking back at Brokos <laughs> for some reason. Um, I'm, just, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> uh, Triss, back to you. Top of the order. I yell some words of encouragement. <laughs> okay, at the to the rats or no? Okay, <laughs> um, Craig, go. You've got this. <laughs> okay, uh, so she yells encouragement and Brokos. I'm going to use my free action to shout, "No, it is our friend." Okay, and then I'm going to tell the rat to attack the one, the last one, and say that is the one that's hurting you. Okay, and still get advantage on that? Yep. All attacks. Yes, we know Gimbal's our friend. Well, I got 210, so that does not quite do it. Um, So the rat tries to bite its friend, but it's so injured. Um, Doesn't seem to make... I'm just trying to get them to pick a fight with each other. I know, man. I know. (laughs) Much of a a dent in it. Um, And it's the rats. And that one is... uh, done doing his thing that is a hit and that's gonna be oh no four damage uh that is going to put an end to gimbal but we'll we'll say he's unconscious getting nibbled on by the rats um so that rat's still alive the other rat is hanging on by a thread 
Um, actually, the rat that just uh, chomped down on Gimbal is undamaged. So can, could, could you put skulls up on them? Oh, so yeah, sorry. Say, we don't know which one. I mean, it's been a while so. since I've had to do all this yeah. stuff. So for the people watching the video uh, of this, uh, my apologies for the poor map movement because uh, I'm just getting used to that. Um, anyway, so that one is dead. You can see it now on the map. Um, this one's hanging on by a thread, the Beast Bond one, and the other one is untouched, and it is Alar's turn. Gimbal, we will remember you always. <laughs> I'll write you into my next epic. Um, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think I got a good insight check to be able to understand what you were saying, Broco, so I'm going to do a mind sliver at that same rat again. Oh. Oh. Okay. So roll an intelligence oh, save. I, yeah, I don't think it's yeah. It may, it's worse than last time. Yeah, so six, much, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only one. One damage. One damage. And it brings it down. Uh, Huzzah! And that one drops. Ayla. And you look over and see Brokos like shaking his head. He looks really <sighs> in pain for some reason. You don't know why. Um, why do I keep telling him he's so smart? <laughs> he's. He's always talking nonsense. You're only half listening all the time anyway. So, I tell uh, you I'm smart, but that doesn't mean I am smart. <laughs> Kragar, what are you going to do? I mean, I'll ready an attack as soon as that thing steps forward. Okay. Um, and so you're going to ready an attack. Triss, more encouragement from you? Um, I will do the same futile action that I've apparently probably done many times before and trying to figure out how to slip my bonds. Okay, um, I'll let you roll for it since it's all chaos now. You've got this huge creature straining at the chain. Uh, seven. Seven, okay. Uh, yes, pretty futile effort. Um, you thought maybe you could slip out with all the desperation and sweat now running down your body, um, but uh, no such luck, and it is... Brokos, back to you. So these chains, these manacles, are they? Is there a lock on them? Um, there is a lock, and that key we've been—it's been a key lock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try to lure the other one over to me. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll let you roll for it. Okay. It's going to be hard since he has kind of a free meal just sitting right there in the form of old gimbal. I don't get use persuasion. Uh, Twelve. 12 okay um it's i mean it's stupid no such luck he's just chomping away at gimbal's toes and he would is, that be considered my full action uh just a free action to get it over sure i'll i'll let you do your okay i'm going to cast ice knife then and end this okay sorry sorry little one and that is a 19. That is definitely a hit. Um, and I do uh, eight points of cold damage. Whoa. Nice trick, Brokos. Yeah. Where you been holding that one? Okay. So. I try to save lives. That's a good point. So the rat drops dead as it's taking its last bite out of Gimbal's big toe. And oh, I'm sorry, piercing damage. So, um, either way. Okay. 
So you guys are there, still trapped in this room, but the immediate threat seems to have been taken care of. Gimbal um, suddenly kind of comes to, and you can just barely make out his voice. Sounds very strained. Um, and you listen to his labored breathing, gurgling breaths. You're powerless to help him. But then suddenly you hear clearly, find the foreman. You don't know what that means. Is he just rambling? Gimbal, yeah, do you have any any berries left? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, for him. Find, find for... the foreman. <laughs> just eat one. <laughs> <laughs> They will heal you. <laughs> you should know this. Find the foreman. The foreman. Find him. Okay, after you eat, after, after you eat the battery. I've just got to work on this. I'm just going <laughs> to try to go crazy and break the chains. And okay. Uh, I'm just uh, throwing us around. <laughs> go crazy. Uh, roll. Roll for crazy. Come on, bugbear. Oh, you can roll again. Oh, but unless it was, it's it was to your be favor. Really good. Cock eyed nineteen. Uh, and that's no, not. No, um, that'd be a nine. That's why you okay. should roll in the yeah. I was gonna say tray. why are you. You're yeah. all straining, and and he uh, <sighs> he manages to uh, um, look to you, and he's he's says, uh, as a younger man, I was stationed at the Dreadgate. And you see him kind of slowly pull himself up. And then he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out uh, a good berry and he pops it into his mouth. There you go. And then he like, you see it just wash over him. Uh, and he's like, you know, color returns to his face. Oh, thank goodness. And he's still holding his, you know, still holding on to his toe, which is pretty mangled. Um, <laughs> he's not actually holding his toe in his hand, but he's got his, <laughs> his leg <laughs> curled up next to him and he's holding well, on, kind of rocking back and forth. Um, and uh, he's like, ah. he's like, thank you, my friends. I was sort of out of it. I, I don't even know what I said. Uh, my apologies. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you survived. Although I can't promise you a starring role in an epic anymore, but. <laughs> um, and. Tell us about the foreman. The fo foreman? What, what are you talking about? You were going on and on about the foreman. I was? Yeah. Oh. Well, as a, a younger man, I was stationed at the Dreadgate. I, I'm sorry to say I, I was recently engaged to my dear Marguerite, and I paid a man to sneak her into the fortress one night. I guess must, I must have thought in whatever state I was in that he might be able to find the man and he might know a way off the island, perhaps into the fortress. I guess that's always a possibility, but I, so many years ago. The foreman at the Dreadgate. 
Yes. So he lets you, he was stationed at the Dreadgate, which is the fortress that's mm-hmm. across this bridge mm-hmm. on the mainland. Um, and so he was there and something that people, I guess, routinely did. Um, you know, he learned about it from another, you know, another soldier there that there was some person who could smuggle things and people into the fortress if the pay was right. Um, and they were pretty sure that, you know, he was had a different route other than um, going across the bridge because it's pretty obvious uh, and everything is searched going back and forth. Um, so he must have had some other way. Maybe he, you know, risked taking a boat over, um, but the channel in between the island and the mainland is really terrible currents, really hard to navigate, especially in a small craft. Um, you know, they watch the water pretty closely for people trying to swim it and, you know, which happens. Um, so... He's like, he just, he must have felt like there was some other way that this smuggler, who he only knew as the foreman, could get people into the Dreadgate somehow. So, that's what he knows. Now you know it. It's we're just hanging. <laughs> well, it's not going to do us any good if we're, if we die down here. <laughs> so some time passes and uh you know just a matter of an hour or so after this battle and you do hear some more squeaking out there but then you start to hear you know you're all tuned in waiting for another you know group of rats to come in um but then you hear other sounds like shouts coming from outside perhaps or maybe it's coming down the stairs Um, You can't see the stairs, but they're around the corner somewhere. You remember that much. Um, And so you um, hear these sounds, and it sounds like fighting, like swordplay happening. And so you're paying really close attention. And um, suddenly you hear the clomp of heavy feet coming down the stairs and a dark shadow passes across the cell door looming larger and larger as it approaches the other room the tip of a long slender blade slides into view as it comes through the threshold into the guard room This blade is followed by a pair of enormous feet and a perfectly round belly that's barely constrained by three overworked wooden buttons on a worn tweed vest. And then you see the cherubic and simultaneously grandfatherly-looking face of an elderly halfling as he peeks around the corner. Hello! Well, what do we have here? And that is where we will end episode one. Still imprisoned. Still imprisoned. Wow. But there's someone new there. Someone you don't know. 
Um, so yeah, sounds good. Season two sounds is so good. dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you guys did a great job with it. I know it's tough to uh, do this uh, whole intro thing, and um, but I thought you uh, thought you guys did awesome. Your characters seem super interesting. And now we're all well acquainted because we've watched each other use the bucket. Right. (laughs) So there's lots of dialogue that still needs to happen. Yes. Fill in all the gaps here. So. Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, lots of dialogue. Skip to the whole. uh, Was it really dialogue? Just hours and hours and hours of you singing. (laughs) Composing. Composing. Sorry. Composing. All right. Well, thank you guys for an awesome episode yeah. uh, one, and I'm glad to have you all back. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see what happens in episode two of season two, right? Yes. yes. All right. I hope. Okay. Well, uh, to everyone watching uh, the video, we're just going to pause, and you'll get to move right on to the next episode. And uh, for everyone listening on the podcast, uh, we will see you next next week. Next week. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying our adventure. To show your support for this podcast, please leave a rating or review on your preferred podcast app. Also, be sure to check us out at DungeonPatrol.com.